welcome. I'm glad you guys are here. Welcome to uh, Sharit Yisrael, Remnant of Israel Messianic Synagogue. And again, we're in uh, southern Kansas, right? So, welcome, Wichita. All right. For those of you looking, for those of you viewing uh, digitally, right? Wichita, Kansas. Come join us sometime. We'd like it if you were here. All right. Adonai Svatai Tiftach, Fiyagid, Tehiloteka. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will tell forth thy praise. Amen? Amen. Do me a favor. Let's dedicate this sermon. Open, if you will, your Bibles, please, to Nehemiah. Nehemiah, chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 14. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, we'll go through, uh, through verse 20. <clears throat> and I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was, from that time on, half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword geared at his side as he built and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And then I said to the nobles, the rulers and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So, I wanted to uh, dedicate this sermon with that passage, right? And I want, to, I want us to understand that, yes, we have, there, there are enemies without, right? In Nehemiah's day, there are enemies without, right? Bad guys that did not want to see the city of Jerusalem rebuilt, right? They were, they, they, they hated the Jews. They didn't want the Jews to have Jerusalem, I guess ain't nothing changes, right? Anyways, right? Yes, there are bad guys out there, but there's work to be done in here, all right? So while we are ready to fight the enemies out there, and we have plenty of enemies, yes, we do. We've lots of work to be done out there. We have work to be done in here. So while you've got your sword at your side, you need to be working building the wall to protect what's inside. Okay, we, we, have, we have a job to do for the people who are here in this synagogue, right? We have St. Augustine's rightly ordered loves. We have to take care of ourselves, and there's work to be done in here. And I want to share that, uh, I want to share some of that, the specifics of that work with you uh, today. Last week, uh, Rav Cleary's message was, Why Kingdom Community Matters. Today, I'm going to be talking about how kingdom community works. All right, so with our dedication complete, let's dig in. Uh, so who, who enjoyed 
Rav Cleary's message from last week. Yeah? Okay. All right, if you were paying attention, it was, it was a beautiful message. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I kind of wish I could speak like that. All right, sometimes when you see someone who does something really well, it's not even so much a matter of envy. It's just, ah, I, ah, I wish I could do that. Anyways, that was beautiful. I, I thought that was, those were words of great beauty, and they were words of great truth. So uh, what did he talk about? You that raised your hands and said, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. What did he talk about? And before you try to BS me, I've got his sermon notes here, right? So don't, oh, he said nice things. Okay, be specific. Right. What did he talk about? I'll help you out. Anyone remember what he talked about? Okay, the important, why, why kingdom community matters. Okay, what else? Anything, what, what's that? I'm hearing a disembodied voice. Okay, yes, community reflects the fellowship of God. That's actually a deep theological point, right? The, the, the true and living God of Israel, blessed be he, exists as one being. Within that one being, there are three persons. This idea is classically referred to as the Trinity. The true and living God, right, there is no other. True and living God exists as a, as a trinity. He has perfect community within himself because there is the Father and there is the Son, blessed be he, and there is the Spirit, blessed be he, who are in perfect community with each other. And they are a model for how we should be in community. Right, now, are we ever going to get there? No. But they are giving us a picture of they... Right? He, in his beauty, and the beauty of how he exists, is a model for us. Okay? And yes, that's, that is beautiful. Right? That, that is orthodox teaching, and it is beautiful. And if you sit and ponder the beauty of the Trinity, there are a lot of worse ways you could spend your time. All right, good. He did indeed talk about that. Anything else? Exactly how vital it is, right? Vital. What does the word vital mean? Life. Right. It comes from the root word vitae, for life. Right? The, the God of Israel is the true and living God. Right? He wants us to have life with him. So vital, my sister has used the exact right word. Well done. Thank you. Anything else? Those, those were the big things, right? If you got that, if, if you sat in Rob Cleary's sermon and you were just, there were tears streaming down your face at the beauty of the triune God, the true and living God of Israel, then you did pretty well, okay? You, you got a good 90% of it. Oh, that was another great point. Yeah, Doreen was paying attention. Okay, Doreen, do you want to expand on that? or expound on it. They're different words, but they can both be used, right? Yes, yes. Again, my sister is quite correct. 
and she was paying attention to a vitally true part. Vital. Again, such a good word. You're on it. A vitally important part of what Rob Cleary was teaching us last week. All right? Because, yes, God is love. It is in his nature to love. Additionally, we are made in the image of God. We are worthy of love. Okay, now sometimes you come to, you, you, you come to the, the church, the universal church, right? Wherever it is. If it's the Lutherans down the road, they'll tell you the same thing, right? I've got bad news for you. You're a sinner. That's true. Okay, all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. That's true. We are all sinners. And we can look around. You don't need to go to church to find that out. <laughs> you can see that anywhere. Pick up a newspaper. Oh, he's a sinner. This guy made the newspaper. He's a sinner. All right? and, and if we're honest, we can look in ourselves and see that we're sinners. Yes, we've done bad things. Things that are deserving of punishment. That's bad news. But there's good news. Right? We are made in the image of God. We are worthy of love. Right? When, when God loved the world in such a way that he sent his son to die to get tortured to death for us, he didn't make a mistake. Right? He knew what he was doing. He, he, he was looking at the world, at sinners, at people like me, and saying, that person is worthy of my sacrifice. Now, hear me out. I love that person. Right? I, you know, I, I don't know what worthy means in your brain, so let me explain that. I am willing to become to empty myself, to become like that person, to become a true man, and to be tortured to death, that couldn't have been pleasant, for that person, I'm willing to do that. Right? In, in that way, we are worthy objects of his love. He loved us that much. Okay, yes, vitally important. And that in and of itself is really good news, isn't it? That's beautiful. Right? This world is not going to tell you that. <laughs> right? This world is not going to tell you that you're worthy of love. This world looks at you as a piece of meat. Right? I mean, when, when was the last time you got a, a, a bill from a creditor and it said, oh yeah, and by the way, God loves you? It, it probably says something like, pay up, buckwheat. Right? The, the world doesn't care about you. The prince of this world doesn't care about you. He hates you. All right? He, he might whisper things in your ear that you want to hear, right? Things like, surely God did not say. We all want to hear that. Sounds nice. Things like, you will be like God. Right? You know why he says those things? He says those things because he likes to hear it. The world doesn't love you. God does love you, and you're worthy of love. God chose to love you in such a way as, as to show you how much he loves you, that he wants to come into this world that you ruined, that you and your ancestors ruined, and to save you and to rebuild the entire world as well. Anyways, yes, Rob Cleary's sermon was, was beautiful. It was beautiful, and if you were listening to it, which obviously you were because of the things you're saying, Thank you for paying attention to someone who traveled here to give us that sermon. 
right? You've done well. And I, I hope that those words were uplifting to you because they were indeed beautiful words and they were true words and they were good words. So I'm glad that you heard them. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, if, if you missed last week's sermon, we've got it on our website. You, you, can, go, you can go see everything that, that uh, Rav Cleary said. And, you know, it, it's very good because I'm going to try to build on what he said. I don't know if I'm going to build on it necessarily. I might be building under it. If, if he, I'm, I'm building on it if he laid an intellectual foundation, right? He's, he's given you a lot of good intellectual material, and there's nothing wrong with intellect, all right? Again, if you, you go up on a mountaintop somewhere and starve yourself to death and spend all the time focusing on just how beautiful the Trinity is and how it shows the nature of God's love among, among the, the three persons of the Trinity and for us, that's a great way to spend your time, all right? I'd like to spend some time today talking about how this works, how we put this into practice, how we do this stuff. So, let's get to it. Uh, and again, thanks for everyone who was paying attention. Well done. And yes, if you'd like to pay attention again, it's on the website. Good job. Okay. Um, we need, right, so we, we've got this beautiful sermon, and it is beautiful. I'm not being facetious. We've got this beautiful sermon about how, uh, how, how God has community within himself and loves himself. Right? Now, we need to love each other, and we need to strive to love each other like the Son loves the Father. Okay, and again, we'll, we probably won't get there. We're not infinite beings, but we need to give it a try. Let me, let me show you what we don't need to do. All right, now, before I do this, I'm going to use my, my friend, my, my brother in Christ, all right, Modesto Castellano. All right, I'm going to use him as an example. It's, it's, this is just role-playing. No Castellanos were harmed in the making of this sermon. All right, I promise you. All right, it's, it's just an example, but I'm going to have a point behind it. All right, you ready? All right. Modesto, you and I get along well, right? Yeah. All right, yeah, we're brothers. We're bros. I love you, man. Boom. But man, I don't like your wife. She's, she's kind of, I, I don't like, you remember that one time? I mean, she, she can be a hypocrite. She can be, she, she's made some, you know she's made some mistakes in her life. She's done the wrong thing before. Not only has she done the wrong thing before, but one time she did the wrong thing, and then a few years later she told someone else that it, it was the wrong, that, that that person shouldn't also do the right thing. Man, that's kind of... I mean, she has, she has standards high enough that she doesn't meet them. I, I just, I don't like her. Rhymes with which, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, people. People like, people like your wife. Anyways, but I like you. I like you. <laughs> lying's a sin. Yeah. She's reminding me that lying is a sin. Yeah. Okay. Right? Again, I, I love the Castellano family. They are wonderful human beings, right? This, this was all an example. Okay. How long 
am I going to have a good relationship with Modesto? Not very long, says someone's wife. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> assuming he doesn't agree with me. All right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to have a very good... This, this relationship, right? Because I am intentionally destroying this relationship. Right? This relationship is not long for this world. You agree? Right? This relationship is of vital importance. This is the relationship of a man with his wife. Right? This relationship is not going to last if I keep tearing apart his wife. Agreed? Any, any questions? Would, would any of the men of the synagogue like to stand up and say, oh yeah, you can trash my wife all you like? No? Okay. Who's the bride of Christ? Everyone, hopefully in this room, the church, believers, guys, let's, let's channel Rabbi John. If you said the word believers around John Clifton Powledge, what would happen to you? <laughs> you did at least a five-minute sermon on disciples versus believers, right? We all remember that? Oh, okay. But yes, the, the church, the universal here comes that word. How do we say universal in Greek? Catholos, right? The universal Catholic church, all of the believers, everyone who has accepted the work of Christ on his behalf, the universal Catholic church is the bride of Christ. All right? If you trash that man's wife, you're not going to have a good relationship with that man. Okay? You will not have a good relationship with your Savior if you're always trashing the church and the people that are in the church, the people that make up the church. It is examples like this as to why Joe gets the coveted, spiciest sermon award. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it even has a kosher's mark, even better. <laughs> spiciest, for heaven's sake. That's my, okay, I'm going <laughs> to... For heaven's sake. Thank that was an ambush. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, okay, and let me use myself as an example. Okay? and I've got you, sis. I'll be there in a second. Let me use myself as an example. I'm a curmudgeon. All right? I don't like people. All right? I need to stop that nonsense. All right? Joe George needs to stop... I'm, I'm very introverted. I love spending time between my own ears. All right. I, as a leader in this synagogue, and I just as a man in this synagogue, I need to be reaching out. I need to be building the bonds with the church. Okay? Because if I don't love, if I don't love the bride of Christ, guys, I just don't love Christ. All right? Since the, since the literal foundation of the world, since... Let there be light. There has been a father, blessed be he, looking for a bride for his son, blessed be he, and sending out his spirit, blessed be he, they're all persons, to make that bride perfect. All right? if, if we are not willing to do the work, and for, brothers and sisters, believe me when I tell you it's work. I don't like to talk to people. All right? It's work for me. If we are not willing to do the work, to love the church, to love the individual people who are in this church, we're not doing it right. 
We're not being, all right, I'm going to preach on the book of Titus today, all right, right next to the pastoral epistles to Timothy, all right, we've all read it when, when, you, when you were little kids, approved workmen are not ashamed, Awanas, right? Okay, you are not an approved workman. You are not an approved workman if you are not loving the people in the church. That's simple, okay? So, so here's how we do it right, okay? That, that sounds like bad news. Ah, just telling us, er, you're not an approved workman. Uh, let me tell you how to be an approved workman. All right, so do me a favor. Open your Bibles. We're going to read the book of Titus. It's not that long. Hmm. I told you I'd get to you, and then I lied. Yeah, yeah, that example is anything, okay? And we've always heard it. We've always heard it, and you've seen it from me, all right? You've seen it from Joe George. You've seen Joe George not doing the things that I should do, okay? Right? We've always heard when you point a finger at someone, three fingers point back at you. You've always heard that saying, right? So we, we totally defeat that in the military, right? We use the knife hand of leadership, so... <laughs> Right? Private, you know, do push-ups. Drill sergeant, when, when you point a finger, three fingers point. No, private, you just do push-ups. Right? That, that's how it works. Okay? So I'm, yeah, you've, it, it's just the, oh, well, I'm religious, but I don't like organized religion. Right? Well, organized religion is where all the people in the church are. Right? Oh, well, everyone's such a hypocrite in church. Oh, that's no problem. We got room for one more, sis. Right? I, I mean, it's just, this idea that I'm going to sit somewhere and be spiritual and, and love the things that Rob Cleary talked about, but I'm not going to reach out to my brothers and sisters in Christ and I'm not going to do my job as part of the church. Right? I mean, who, who's the body of Christ on earth? We are. We're individual members of the body of Christ. Well, glory be, everything in this body is designed to support something else in this body, right? If we're not doing that, if we're being little tiny atoms that don't relate to one another, we're not living out kingdom living, right? We're, we need, right? And again, it's not, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. We just need to fix it. But you're right, whatever it is, if it's gossip, you know, I was, I was showing you a picture of gossiping about Modesto's wife, right? Absolutely, but it's, it's anything. You know, I don't like Jessica Castiano for whatever reason, right? Well, glory be, son. Jesus died for her. He had a good reason to like her. Maybe try to figure out what that is, you know, before you go on with your list. Fair enough. Did I answer your question? I think I did. Okay, good. Good question. Sorry, I forgot you. You're right, I didn't lie. I, I forgot. All right, Titus. Yeah, if you haven't found Titus yet, it's close to the back, one of the pastoral epistles. Uh, so just, I'm going I'm to throw some, some fancy words at you. Hapex legomena. What on earth does that mean? It's not even English. Hapex legomena. That's a word that's only used in one place in the Bible. 
and Titus, God bless St. Paul's little heart, is full of them. All right, so when you're looking around at what does Paul mean by this word, how does he use it in other places in the scriptures, your rhymes with hit out of luck because he doesn't use it anywhere else in the scriptures. So, sorry about that, but full, full of them. They're all over the place and, and key words that he uses too. All right, let's go. I'm going to read it through and then we're going to talk about it and I'm going to try not to keep you here all afternoon. All right, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, a true son in our common faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Excuse me. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast to the faithful word he has been taught, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict." For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands, excuse me, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Bondservants to be obedient to their own masters and be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, 
looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, and let no one despise you. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men, but avoid foolish disputes genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law. They are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. When I send Artemis to you, or Titius, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Send Zanus the lawyer and Apollos on their journey with haste, that they may lack nothing. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Okay, it wasn't very long, was it? Or was that long? It was good? Okay, well, let's find out. Okay, so guys, there's, there's a lot in here, and uh, we're going to go fairly quickly. I noted a few things, and perhaps you did as well, so let's talk about them briefly, because Paul here, in a fairly short, I mean, guys, have you ever read Romans? Romans is long, all right? Titus is short. It's short, and it's, it's a nice little, do this, do that. Oh, you love God. Okay, that's wonderful, right? So, so do this, do this thing. Oh, I love Jesus. I die for Jesus. That's great. Would you do this for Jesus? Okay, here's your chance, right? Just little, do this, do that, little chunks. All right, so let's go. All right, I'm going to read through it. I want your commentary as we go, all right, because you also get my commentary as we go. All right, Paul, the bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Okay, you guys ready for an apologetics moment? Yay, all right, good answer. Always a good answer. We love apologetics, right? There are all sorts of clowns, right, who will ask you, well, wait a second. Can God make a rock that's so heavy that he can't lift it? Right, you've heard that before, haven't you? I heard that literally in second grade. Okay. If, he, if he can't make a rock that's so heavy he can't lift it, then there's something he can't do. He's obviously not omnipotent. Right, I have to sneer when I say these things because these people know they're, they know they're idiots, all right? Okay, wait a second. God cannot lie. Well, I thought God could do everything. What's wrong with that? Bar mitzvah, kids. 
If, if you're not answering this question, your ears ought to be burning. God can't lie. I thought God can do anything. God's omnipotent. He can do whatever He wants. What's that? Yeah, God cannot do that which is contrary to His nature. Right? God cannot, just because God is all-powerful, that doesn't mean He can do a not thing. Right? God cannot lie. God cannot make Modesto Castellano an, a married bachelor. That's not a thing. It doesn't exist. It's illogical. Right? God cannot hand you a one-ended stick. Some of you are thinking about it, right? <laughs> Carry the one. I'm, I'm, that's going to work. No, it doesn't work. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a one-ended stick. God can't do it. Right? And, yeah, so if, you know, oh, God can't lie. You know, can God make a rock so heavy that he can't lift it? Yeah, and he can lift it. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, neither did your stupid question. All right, yeah, there are some things that God can't do, right? And if you have some idiot so-called skeptic, right, that idiot skeptic needs to be corrected, all right? So correct him, yeah, God can't lie. All sorts of things God can't do. He can't sin. He can't stop existing. It's not a thing. All right, Titus 1, verse 3. We're making good time, aren't we? But in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Anything interesting there? There is. Catch your attention? Caught my attention. In due time manifested his word through what? Message, okay, that's fine. My, my translation says preaching, all right? But the point is people need to hear this, all right? No, no, one's, no one's going to hear, all right? Again, in the world, no one's going to hear what Rav Clary told us last week. God loves us, and we're worthy of love. God's not an idiot. He doesn't love us for no reason, okay? God's not stupid, I promise you that. He has a reason to love us, and he's not wrong, so he's got a good reason to love us. People need to hear this, because again, you won't hear it anywhere else. All right, we need to preach. Yeah, that, that means you, right, at, at your job. People will, know that you're, people will know that you're a Christian, all right, and don't, guys, don't talk to me about, oh, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Messianic Jew, Tell me again about how you're a vegan for the thousandth time, all right? If, if you believe that this man went into the ground and came back, you're, you're, you're a Christian, all right? And it was exalted to the right hand of the Father, okay? Don't, don't bicker about the little things, all right? Your people at work will know that. You're, you're you know, okay, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't go to work. Okay, well, if you're staying at home taking care of kids, then guess what? You got your work cut out for you, all right? But... Wherever you are, in whatever your situation is, people will identify you as one of these weirdos that thinks that God actually loves them, all right? And they need to hear that, and you need to tell them. Preaching is how God manifests his word, or message, if that's what your translation says. It's great either way. Give them the message. All right, who's Paul talking to? He's talking to Titus, right? To Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace 
from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this reason, I left you in Crete. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Does that sound like fun? No, that doesn't sound like fun. That's boring. That's, you know, that's boring. But I want to be like St. Francis Assisi. I want to walk through the Saracen camp and preach the gospel. Okay, good, do it. Okay, but after that, you need to do things like this, all right? The, the boring things, the things that no one wants to do, right? For this reason, I left you in Crete. Do you think Titus wanted to be left there? No, he wanted to go and hang out with Paul. Maybe, you know, we'll see a few more miracles or something. No, but he was left in Crete for this reason, so that he could work doing things, serving the body, like we talked about. Every cell in the body serves other cells. That's what they do. You've got work to do. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money. Okay, I've, I'm about two of those things, maybe. But hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word that he has been taught, that he may be able... Oh, he was taught. And what was he taught by? Oh, that's right, the message or the preaching. That's how he was taught. That he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. All right, what, what in there? Anything interesting in there? Lots? Yeah. See, I've, I've, some, of, some of you don't have this, right? Some, we, we always talk about a red-letter Bible, right, where the words of Jesus are in red, right? I have a, a special version of the Bible, right? All of the words of the Spirit, blessed be he, are in black. Right? Some of you got it, all right, yeah, yeah. The, the point is that the whole Bible matters, right? The, I don't, it was kind of a dad joke, I'm sorry. I, okay, so, but let's listen to this again, right? There, there's a long list of things that are good things. Now I've got a question for you, right? Because in, in verse 7, it says, for, for a bishop must be blameless. The word there is episkopos. That's your Greek word for the day, episkopos. You've heard of the Episcopal Church, Episcopalians, right? That's, that's where the word comes from, right? They have, a, right? They, have a, they have a church government that is based on, you know, a, a, a bishopric. They didn't call themselves the, the bishop church, they called themselves the Episcopalians, but whatever, right? That, that an overseer of the church. All right, now, raise your hand. I know there are some of you, I know it. And we're going to mock you now when you raise your hand. Right. Raise your hand if you said, oh, oh the, the things in that passage only apply to Joe George and Philip Snell. Who thought that? Some of you thought that. You're just too ashamed to raise your hands. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does that passage only apply to leaders in the church? Yes, it specifically applies to leaders in the church. Okay. Is there anyone who would like to say, no, it doesn't apply to me? as a congregant here at Remnant of Israel. No? No one wants us. Now's your choice. Now's your chance. No? Okay, so it does apply to you. Yes, it does. Okay, good. 
yes, it specifically applies if, if Joe George had more than one wife, okay, then, then I could not be a leader in the church. All right? I just got back from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. All right? Back in the woods, there are some of these societies that still practice polygamy. All right? this, this is a thing. All right? the, a, a bishop has to be the husband of one wife. But guys, everyone has to be the husband of one wife. All right, I mean, this, oh, oh, sure, sure. Singleness is beautiful. Paul, in other places in the scriptures, talks about the beauty of being single, right? The, the be fruitful and multiply does not apply to every single human being on the planet. Zach and Amber. <laughs> you thought he was talking only to you, right? Okay, yes, you can be single and you can, and love God, and you can be part of the kingdom. That is a beautiful thing. All right, yes. But for those who, for, for those who, who seek the companionship of another, there's only one companion, right? In the, in the garden, God made the man. He said, oh, there, there's, there's no helper suitable for the man. I'm going to make one. I'm going to make a, a singular help me suitable for him, right? So, yeah, not, not five or six helpmates, Right. We used to live in southeastern Idaho. All right. I've I've seen the, the Mormons. Right. I've, no. One man, one woman. One man, one woman becoming one flesh for one lifetime. That's how God wants it. Okay? That's simple. And again, that doesn't mean that you can't be single. Single single is beautiful. All right. Love God, keep his commandments. That's the whole order of man. Okay. So, this, this applies to anyone who wants a leadership role, all right? And we're, you know, you're, you're going to be getting leadership role work. And sometimes that leadership role is the boring stuff, like, I left you in Crete so that you could set in order the things that are lacking, all right? I promise you it's going to be boring, but it's going to be vital. What's that? Um, people who, divorcees, people who have been divorced, uh, they're, they're now single, right? Love God, fear God, and keep his commandments. That's a good question, right? God doesn't hate you because you got divorced, right? God wants to make a new creation out of people whose marriages failed. Maybe, maybe that marriage failed because of something you did. Maybe you sinned against God and against your spouse. I've got great news for you. That sin can be taken and put at the foot of the cross, and God wants to heal that sin. He wants to restore all the, th- all the damage that that sin caused. That's a great question. Did I answer it for you? Did I answer your question? Okay, good. Fair enough? At least close enough? Okay, so in here, right, what, what is this person's job? To exhort and convict those who contradict, right? And again, sometimes that's going to be the small things. All right, sometimes we're going to have people come into this synagogue. Guys, I promise you, I've seen it. We live in a broken, broken society. All right, we are not the society that we were in the 1950s when your grandparents were our age. All right, we're living on borrowed societal capital. We could have people come through that door that have never been taught how to use soap. Okay, you, you, you chuckle and you laugh. All right, when I was teaching, I literally had the smelly kid in my class. 
All right, that, that was a difficult conversation for me, but that's how you love people, and that's how we need to love people here. All right, you don't love people by embarrassing them. You don't love people by hurting them. You pull them aside lovingly and you correct them. Okay? You, at, at every moment, you are concerned for that person's honor and dignity as a human being because your king you're the king of the universe chose to die for that person. He made a choice. No one took his life from him. He said so himself, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. For that person, if he did that, you can do the small things, taking that person aside and say, hey, can I run you over to my house, give you a hot shower? All right, well, what are you talking about? Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little, little bit of body odor off you. Sorry, no, no offense, just let's, let's take you somewhere, get you a hot, nice hot shower, wash your clothes. All right? You don't need to embarrass that person. You don't need to hurt that person. You need to build that person up. And those are the small, little things that we can do in this synagogue to make the world a better place. All right? What if we have the single mom walk through that door? You know, oh, she's got three kids by two other men. She's not married to any of them. And she's not dressed right. All right. Now, now, I probably won't be the first one to do that because that's, that's more appropriate for a woman. Right? And guys, why do you think a, a leader in the synagogue is supposed to be the husband of one wife? So that my wife can police that woman up lovingly, not embarrass her, not be cruel to her. Again, we live in a broken society. We are broken. When my wife polices up that young woman who's made some mistakes, who might not be dressed appropriately for synagogue, my wife might be the first person ever who has told her that she's more than what she can sell on OnlyFans. That might be the reason that God put my wife on this, on this earth. So that, so that in, in one instance, she can, that my wife could, could pull this young woman aside and, hey, can I, can I take you out and buy a new wardrobe? You know, we're not going to embarrass her. And if we have in the past, then shame on us. Can I take you out and buy a new wardrobe? It just look a little bit nicer. Right? Your king loves you. And he doesn't love you because he's subscribed to your stupid webcam account. He loves you because you are made in his image. Right? These are the little things that we need to be doing. We need to do them. Again, the world isn't going to do them. The world isn't going to do this work. The world is really happy that she's got her OnlyFans account. All right. Enough said. We need to do the little things. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped. They subvert whole household, whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, 
Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. St. Paul just did a racist. Therefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Anything there? Yeah. All right, and he was right, wasn't he? Now, we, you know, we need to understand this. That doesn't mean we don't like people from Crete, right? We, we love people from Crete. Right? But, you know, Paul is right here calling out a specific group of people in a specific synagogue. They're causing a problem. And, you know, he's, he's kind of telling us, when, when Paul says those are the circumcision, he's, he's talking about these Judaizers, the, the early church, right? And the very early church. Right? I mean, the, the Council of Jerusalem in 49 AD was dealing with this issue that Paul's dealing with. So when I say early church, you know, Peter like, people like Peter, James, and John. James until 44 AD, and then he got his head cut off. Right? And then James, the brother of our Lord, who was the head of the church, as far as we can tell, historically. All right? There were a lot of people, Jews, they were believers. These, these people were believing in Jesus who said, yeah, Jesus is amazing, and you, you just got to help him out a little bit by being circumcised. All right, guys, there's no, there's nothing we add to the gospel. There's not a law written by which men are saved. And brothers and sisters, right, you're in a synagogue on the Sabbath. Okay, Do you, do you think you might be susceptible to, to modern-day Judaizers? Okay, the answer is yes. I've seen them. I've seen them come into synagogues of which I've been a part. Okay, they, they don't necessarily want to add circumcision to the gospel. They just want to take away the gospel. They're called anti-missionaries. These people are real. Okay, they will come in. They will see Messiah, like you and like me, practicing Torah. And they'll say, oh, hey, well, let me tell you about blah, blah, blah. And for a while, it'll be all about Torah and Jesus. And then it'll be about Torah and Talmud and Jesus. And then it'll just be about Talmud, and they'll steal from the flock. Okay, that, that will not happen here. It will not be allowed to happen here. I, there might have been some of these people sniffing around here when Rabbi John got here originally. I, I think I heard that, but I could be wrong. Okay, it will not happen here. Okay, they're welcome to come in and hear the truth preached, but they are not welcome to preach against the Son of God. Neither is anyone else, for that fact. Anyways, all right. There's a nugget in here. All right. Look, look, look at verse 13. Rebuke them sharply. Why are we rebuking them sharply? What does it say? so that they might be sound. Yeah, we're not rebuking them sharply to be cruel. We're rebuking them sharply so that we can win them to the cause of our Messiah. All right, that's why we're doing this. Okay, good. All right, let's keep going. Titus, I told you it was a short book. All right. 
We're done with the first chapter. Good work. All right. Titus, the second chapter. But as for you, right? he's, he's done talking about these irritating people they are trying to add to the gospel. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. That older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and in patience. All right? So, older men, you got your work cut out for you, right? I mean, work on these things, right? But before you, you know, but before you go out and, and preach the word to the heathen, right, which is a good thing, we should be doing that, but before you do that, get the basics, do the basics right, right? That's what you're supposed to do, all right? And, and we, as a synagogue, we need to be helping each other do this, all right? Brothers and sisters, we need to be in, and guys, I'm a, I'm a George telling you this. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. But we need to be involved in each other's lives. We need to be helping each other do this. Yeah, see, the, the Williams know the Georges, and they know that Joe George hoards his privacy. It's my precious, right? So they're laughing at me. They know how much it hurts me to say this. But we need to be involved in each other's lives. We need to be in, in the process of making disciples, okay? Bit by bit, little by little, little here, little there, making disciples. You know, we need to be spending that time in our poor houses, you know, hey, Modesto, what did you do this week that was sober, that was temperate, that was even-minded, that the things that Paul says right here? What are, what are you doing to build yourself up as, as the head of your household? Where do you need help? How can I help you with these things? Right? Those are the things that we need to be doing. All right? And when I say that we need to be doing those things, all right, the, the good idea fairy in the next six months and a year is going to come out and say, hey, guys, your elders have this great idea that everyone should be in a poorhouse, okay? And we're really going to try to push that on you, right? And again, right, guys, I'm, I'm a white guy calling you a cracker. I, I, I don't, I'm, I love my privacy, okay? And, but we need to do it. We need to be involved in each other's lives, building each other up. Okay, the older women, likewise, that they should be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, given to much wine, teaches good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Man, that sounds great. Ah, finally we got out of the stuff telling me what to do. Now I'm tell my wife what to do. Yeah. Praise the Lord and pass the cooking sherry. Now we're into the good parts, right? Men. Everyone, everyone, again, we have single people in our congregation. Okay? Right? Now, the, the scriptures tell us that he who seeks a wife finds a good thing. Or he who finds a wife finds a good thing. He finds favor from the Lord. It's Proverbs 18.22. Alright, so marriage is good. Singleness is good. Both of them are good when they are done the way that God tells us to do them. Alright? I'm speaking to the majority of people Right? If you want to be married, you know, if you're a man, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good Bible-believing man. I want, a, I want a Proverbs 31 woman, right? Okay, men and women if you want to, but men, 
Turn with me to Proverbs 26, because I've got news for you. Proverbs 26. I love this. Here we go. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. There's a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. He who <laughs> this is great. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool, I, this is what it says, cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. <laughs> like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. The great God formed everything. He gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. A dog returns to its own vomit and so a fool repeats his own folly. What kind of man is a Proverbs 26 man? He's a fool. All right, let's keep reading. Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. All right, men don't be fools. And men, don't think of yourself as wise in your own eyes. What does the scripture say? There's more hope for a fool. All right, the, the most likely Solomon, Solomon the wise, is spending all the time talking, you know, bad-mouthing fools, and then he says, oh, but wait. There's more hope for a fool than a man who thinks he's wise in his own eyes. Okay, men, you won't have a Proverbs 31 wife if you're a Proverbs 26 man. All right, don't be a fool. All right, and, and in his letter to Titus, Paul is giving you some pretty specific instructions. All right, men, all right, love your wives, love them, don't be a fool, because then your wife is not going to be able to do these things. Right? Again, Joe George is happy. Oh, fine, we, we got through the, you know, we, what, what does Titus say? The older men have to be sober. Oh. And it means what it says, right? Don't be a drunk. I, I looked up the Greek. He, my translation has sober, 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 sober all the way through, and they're all different Greek words. But they all pretty much mean sober. Don't be a fool. Don't be addicted to anything. If you're addicted to drink, get help. We want to help you. If you're addicted to porn, get help. We want to help you. We hate that nonsense here. And society loves it. The world wants you to have that. Stop it. You're being a fool. And if you're a Proverbs 26 man, your wife can't be a Proverbs 31 woman. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for, the, for those of you who didn't hear what the crazy lady who's not wearing a microphone said, yeah, yeah, the, I, I love Modesto, right? Just can't stand Jessica. <laughs> so she's, she's saying that this is, this is how you love. You say, oh, I love my wife. Oh, I'd do anything for my wife. Really, would you? 
okay, this is what you got to do. Be sober. Be reverent. Be temperate. Be sound in faith. In, oh, here it comes. In love and in patience. Do those things. Do them in your lives. Okay, and we, because we are the body of Christ, right, we need to do those things for the church because the church is the bride of Christ. The people in this church need that. Right. Right. The, now, now, this is interesting too, right? Your, your translation probably says, in verse 3, it probably says, the older women likewise. Now, I think what he's doing here, I think what Paul is doing is, you know, I want you to tell the men this, and likewise tell the women this other thing. All right? that, that's fair. That's probably the correct, what, what Paul is trying to get at. But Paul could be saying, right, it, it's consistent with at least the Greek grammar, as far as I can tell. I'm not a Greek expert. It's consistent for Paul to actually be saying here, yeah, yeah, what, what I said about the men, that they be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, and love and patience. The women have to do that likewise, and they have to do this other stuff. Could mean that. It probably doesn't. But just women, right? You know, you're on the hook. Right, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Okay? What, what's going on there? Right, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward instruction from Paul. Okay? Older women in this congregation, if you're an older woman in this congregation, and right, by, by this standard, right, if, if you've been able to make marriage work for about five years or more, right, congratulations, you get to be an old woman. All right? you, you might not feel like it. You might not feel old. All right? But okay, you need to be helping the younger women. All right? Oh, well, I don't like Christianity because Christianity doesn't like, let women be ministers. No. Christianity lets women be ministers, and this is how you're supposed to do it. Okay? Older women, this is your job, right? You just got an order from St. Paul, St. Paul the Apostle, right? In the, in the very first verse, he talks about how he's an apostle, right? He has authority. He has authority because he met the risen Christ. He was a witness to the, he was not a witness to Christ coming out of the grave, being resurrected, but he saw it blinded him on the road to Damascus, right? Paul had this experience with Yeshua ben Yosef Minatzeret. Okay, he had that experience, right? Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, decided that man is going to work for me. Oh, he hates you right now. He's pricking against the goats. Oh, I don't care. Or maybe a few days of being blind will change his mind. And it did. Okay, Paul's an apostle. Paul has authority. If Paul walks into our synagogue right now, we call him Rav Shaul, and we do what he says. He's a senior rabbi in our organization. And if he tells us to do something, if he says, well, 
yeah, you know, George family, I know you keep Shabbat from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., but yeah, I want you to do the, the three stars thing. When you, when you can see three stars in the sky, that's when you're going to start Shabbat, right? And I'll be butthurt about it, and I'll be irritated about it. Who's Paul to tell me what to do? And then I'll do it because, the senior, because one of the senior rabbis of my organization, that is the universal church, told me to do it. Right? Here, Paul is telling us what to do. And he's telling older women, older women, you need to help the younger women. Right? And again, it, yeah, it's, it's not going to be pleasant. All right? The younger women in our society are going to walk through that door and they're not going to know about the love of God. Older women, this might be the reason that God put you on earth so that you can police up that, that single mom who's made bad decisions, so you can tell her that Jesus loves her. That might be why you're on this earth. It might be more important than your girl boss job, or what. it might be more important than anything else in your life. That might be the most important, that you admonish her, that you pull her aside. Hey, sweetie, let me, let me tell you how to be chaste. You're just not dressed appropriately for synagogue. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean you're not pretty. You are pretty. There's a right way to be pretty in the synagogue, okay? Let me show you. Okay, take some of your tithe money and go buy her a new wardrobe. Don't just be mean to her. Show her how to do this, right? You admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Brothers and sisters, humans are born knowing how to suck, that's it. Humans are born knowing how to suck. Right? And if, if you're a mother, you think, yeah, you know, that's right. Humans are born knowing how to suck. Right? That's all they know how to do. If you want a human to do something other than suck, you have to teach that human how to do it. All right? Older women in the church. Right? You have to teach these younger women how to love their husbands. Right? How to be obedient to their own husbands. Oh, wow. Paul, here comes the patriarchy. Yeah, here it comes. Be obedient to your husbands. They need help doing that. Again, society's not going to teach them. Okay, let's keep going. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. There it is, sober-minded. Sober-minded. You're not addicted to anything. Young men, okay, it... I can find you more than enough older men in this synagogue who have been addicted to pornography. All right? You're not just a fool. You're a damn fool if you get yourself addicted to that same nonsense as well. Don't do it. Not even once. I was 11 years old when my cousin showed me a porn mag of my uncle that my uncle had, and I still remember those images. They are with me now. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. Be sober-minded. I'm telling you right now. Oh, but it's not just me. It's St. Paul. Okay, he's telling you. Be sober. Don't be a slave to this nonsense. Don't do it. Not even once. It's poison, and it's poison that wants to addict you. Right? Our, society, our society wants slaves. 13th Amendment, be damned people in this country want slaves. They want to make you slaves. In the Torah, this is a synagogue 
We care about Torah. We care about what God says. It says, don't go back to Egypt. Don't be slaves again. Don't do it. These people want slaves, and they want you to be their slaves. Don't do it. Young men of this congregation, bar mitzvah students, don't touch that nonsense. All right. Sorry. But not sorry, okay? I'm... This is the word of God. Be sober-minded. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. Young men, have you been exhorted? Yes, you've been exhorted. All right, here we go. Moving on. Okay, in all things, yeah, because this is still to the young men, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, comma, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Yes, you're supposed to do good works. All right, good works is separate from soteriology. Good works don't save you. All right, nothing that we do in this synagogue saves a person. It's the work of Christ that saves you. And then, because you love Jesus, you do good works. All right, keeping keeping it moving, right? In doctrine, yeah, young men, you need to take your bar mitzvah class. You need to know doctrine. Uh, Okay, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Again, that doesn't just apply to the young men. It does apply to the young men. But not just to them. This is for everyone. We we have plenty of opponents in this country. We have plenty of opponents around the world. There are all sorts of people who exalt themselves against the very Son of God. And so they don't like His body on earth. They don't like His bride. And again, that's us. They they just don't... they're, They're our opponents. Right? Your behavior needs to be good enough that it shuts their mouths and that they, that they may be ashamed. All right. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Oh, bond servants. Paul's talking about slavery. Well, guess what? You're, you're a slave of Christ. So Paul's talking about you. Okay? And, and if you think this is just about slavery, Zach, help me out. How do we say workers in Hebrew? Erbedim, right? Thank you. It's the exact same word. Right? Now, in, in Arabic, there's, there's a different word for, at least in modern standard Arabic, there's a different word for slaves and workers, right? In Arabic, we wouldn't call someone abdim. Right? He's, not a, he's not a slave. He's a muadzaf. He's an employee. Right? But in Hebrew, right, Paul's a Jew. Same word. Right? Men, you got a job? Yeah? I got a job. We know what a job is. Okay? Don't, right? Don't pilfer. Don't steal from your employer. Right? Be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back. And guess what? Brothers and sisters in Christ, that applies to you as well. All right? When you're here in the synagogue... Okay, be, be pleasing. All right, don't answer back. All right, that doesn't mean don't ask questions. All right, you know what it means. Don't, don't be cruel and rude and nasty to those appointed over you in, in, in positions of leadership authority. All right? Or do we need to take a look at Hebrews 13, 17? Let, you know, let's do it. All right, Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy 
and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. All right? So you, if you're in, if you're in any organization, it doesn't have to be Shadri Israel. Guys, if, if you want to go down the street to the Lutheran church, right, <laughs> they're not ELCA, all right? They'll preach you the gospel. <laughs> Sorry, that's a Lutheran joke. You probably don't get it. All right, they're, they're the good kind of Lutherans, not the bad kind of Lutherans. Anyways, so, guys, if you're not going to hear the gospel here, I don't care if you hear the gospel down the street. All right, I'd prefer that you hear the gospel here. I think we're right. I think our, our little matters of doctrine are correct. That's why I'm here. All right, but anywhere you go, in any church, in any community, in any synagogue, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. All right, let them do so with joy and not with grief. All right, don't, don't, be, a, don't be a turd. All right, there. That's the, that's the Living Bible translation of that passage. Don't be a turd. All right. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live, oh, here it comes again, soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who's ready for an apologetics moment? All right, good answer, apologetics moment. All right, our great God, right, who's, who's, right, according to the heretics, totally separate from our Savior Jesus Christ, right? Wrong. Let me see if I can do Trump. Wrong. It's a huge lie, huge. China gave us this lie. New things will be coming out next week. You'll see how big a lie it is. Lie, it's wrong. That was good Trump, by the way, wasn't it? You guys are thinking that. You're like, eh, it's good Trump. All right. Okay. In Greek, you cannot separate our great God from and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, is God. Okay? Any questions on that? If not, Paul right here is telling you in the Greek, our great God and Savior, all one thing. It's called the Granville Sharps Rule. If you if just Google Granville Sharp's rule, if you're ever having a problem with the JWs or they're, they're guys, they're non-Trinitarians that want to sneak into Messianic Judaism. I've seen it. All right, I bear you my testimony that that is a thing. Okay, do not take. Oh, I'm, I'm three fingers are pointing back at me. All right, sorry. Do not take from our Lord the glory due Him. He is God. Jesus of Nazareth is the God-man. He is God in the flesh. Do not let these people take from him the glory that is his. All right? We will do a St. Nicholas of Myra, and we will slap you across the face. Don't do it. All right, apologetics moment over. Again, if you have a problem with them, just Google Granville Sharp's rule. This passage is one that will pop up. This is proof that Jesus of Nazareth is God from the Scriptures. Okay, let's keep going. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Oh, yeah, we have to be zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, and let no one despise you. Okay, rebuke with all authority. Again, when someone's doing something weird, you know, we, we've got, you know, the, the guy coming into synagogue who's 
you know, not using good personal hygiene, and we're trying to pull them aside. How dare you talk to me that way? That's a personal matter. Bro, ain't, ain't nothing personal in here. All right, don't bring sin into the camp. I have, I'm, I'm going to rebuke with all authority. All right, moving on. Okay, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility towards men. Okay, now, here, the Greek word that we're talking about when we talk about subject to rulers and authorities, these words, they generally apply more to the civic authority, right? Does it also apply to the, the authority of the people in the synagogue? Yes, it does. It's, it's more talking about, you know, don't, don't cause a riot, don't cause problems with the government, all right, as long as the government does the right thing, right? Remember, we can have a legitimate reason to... Uh, to say no to our government. All right. And again, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. All right. Men, especially men, it happens sometimes to women. I love your cage stage messianic Judaism. All right. I love it. I love your strength. I love your zealotry, your zeal for good works. All right. Don't go out and pick fights with Christians. Please don't do that. Right? Don't hate on Christmas. Christmas isn't pagan. All right? It comes from the early church. It's not pagan. Don't, don't pick fights with them over stuff like that. All right? We have enough work to do telling people that God loves them, that we, we don't need to do the schismatic, divisive, you know, oh, you're obviously pagan because you have a Christmas tree. Guys, it probably comes from St. Boniface. All right? He chopped down an oak tree that the pagans thought had the spirit of Thor in it. All right? And then he pointed to an evergreen tree and says, look how its leaves are evergreen. So is the love of God for us. All right? And he probably ate pork while he was doing it. All right? But he, was, he converted the German people for a thousand years. Germany was a Christian nation because of him. All right? When you convert a people and you build something like that, then you can go and pester people about their Christmas trees. All right? Until then, we have enough enemies. We don't need to make enemies of the Christians. Please control yourselves. Do the right thing. All right? If you have any questions. Because, right? guys, again, I'm a white guy calling you a cracker. All right? I've been there. I've, I've been mean to my Christian brethren. You know, oh, you're not, you're not properly interpreting the Bible. Don't do it, all right? Listen from, yes, I'm calling myself an older man in the congregation. All right? If I have any wisdom to give you, then don't pester the gosh darn Christians, all right? If you go talk to the Christians about the beauty of something like the Feast of Sukkot, which is supposed to bring in all the nations anyways, they'll listen to you on that sort of stuff. But if you tell them that their Christmas trees are pagan, and pick a fight with them over that stupid nonsense. You're, didn't your grandmother ever talk to you about catching flies with honey instead of vinegar? All right, listen to your grandma. Grandmas know everything. All right, let's keep moving. For we ourselves, listen, Paul's saying it right here. We ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, and the word in there is slaving away. It's the same root word for slave. You were a slave to these lusts and pleasures. 
They weren't pleasing you. You weren't having a good time and you weren't making your own decisions. You were a slave. Don't be a slave. All right, hateful and hating one another. Those, yes, those are actually two different words, right? If you look at the Greek, they're totally separate words. We've got to translate it as hateful and hating one another, right? That word hateful, it's, it could be translated loathsome. It's, it's got the meaning, and this right out of Strong's, I promise you, I did my research, right out of Strong's, it's so loathsome that even the person doing it should understand how bad it is, all right? And Paul certainly did because he's writing it here. Okay, you guys ready for the good news? I'm going to lay some observably correct doctrine. I've got a bad case of OCD. Observably correct doctrine. I'm laying it on you right now. Here's the gospel. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, both of those words are hapax legomena. Right? They're, they're not found anywhere else, so I had a tough time researching them. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's the gospel according to Paul right there. Okay, but one more time. Okay, but when the kindness, what, what did we talk about last week? The love of God. God loves you. He loves you individually. Right? And yes, he loves us as a community. He loves the world. But your master, your king, your savior would have been willing to go to that cross if it was just for you. He loves you that much. Verse 4, but when the kindness and the love of God our savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness. You don't have to work for it. You can't work for it. All right? I'm tell I've, I've spent time telling you to do these little things. Okay? Men, telling you to police up the, the guy who comes in here and he smells bad. Women, telling you to police up the, the lady who comes in here and she's not dressed appropriately. Those are the little things. All right? I don't need you to die on the cross for the sins of humankind. Okay? You don't need to do that. Jesus got that covered. All right? You don't need to do that. You don't need to do the big things. He's already done the big things. He's done the big work. And since he did that, you can do the little things. Right? You can be faithful in your little area where God put you. You can love people. Right? We're not correcting people so we can be abusive. That's not what we do. We're correcting people so we can show them a real picture of just how much God loves us. He loves us that much. We can love people this much. Okay? Not by works of righteousness, but according to His mercy. He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. All right? When you accept Yeshua ben Yosef Minatzeret, Jesus, thought to be the son of Joseph from Nazareth, as your king and savior, he gives you a helper, capital H, helper, the spirit, blessed be he, who is again a person, right, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our savior. Again, quick apologetic moment. The word there, whom he poured out on us abundantly, 
in your old King James translation, you'll see which. That word is a personal word. The Spirit, blessed be He, is a person. All right? Don't let the weirdos convince you that He's not a person. He is. All right? Apologetics moment done. This is a faithful saying. These things I want you to affirm constantly. The word affirm there is the same thing as taking an oath. You will take this oath on it. Right? And that is, that is in the U.S. Constitution. Look it up. Right? When, when an officer is appointed to some office under the United States Constitution, you can swear an oath. Yes, you can do that. Or you can affirm an oath. That's how serious this word is. I want you to affirm this constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to just love Jesus. Oh, that's not what it says. To maintain good works. Do things. Do them. Good works. Do them. Okay? Again, I'm not talking about soteriology. I'm not talking about how you're saved. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what Paul's talking about. Now that you've been saved, soli deo gloria, praise be to God, do things. Do the little things. These things are good and profitable to men. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law. Again, stop pestering Christians about their stupid Christmas trees. Don't do that. Gosh dang it. Avoid foolish disputes. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. All right, and, and then the rest of it doesn't really matter, right? No, that's wrong. The rest of it matters. Let's read it. When I send Artemis to you, or Titius, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Send Zanus the lawyer and Apollos on their journey with haste, that they may lack nothing, right? We think this is the same Apollos who was one of the early apologists for the Christian faith. All right, and let our people also learn to maintain good works. Oh, he mentioned that again. That must be important. Right, you got to do things. Oh, and by the way, you know what the word for work there is? This is cool, a little Greek trivia. Ergon. Where do you think we get the word ergonomics? The study of work. The study of doing the little repetitive things. Right? I will beat anyone at a robot duel. Right? The, the little things that, that make things, that build things. Ergonomics. That's where we get that word. Okay, good works. All right? And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. All right, now I, I'm sincerely telling you, grace be with you all. Okay, thank you for your time and kind attention. I love you guys. All right? need to be doing things. Okay? Love and blessings to you. Good Sabbath.